3: This is Live Bet Sunday on VSN, the sports betting network. Welcome in, folks. It is Live Bet Sunday presented by BetMGM. I'm Jonathan Von Tobel. we got a good show on tap for you today. Eric Eager is going to be with us, VP of Development over at Sumer Sports. Talk a little bit, of course, about what he is looking at. In this early slate of the National Football League and what we can expect from a shockingly loaded afternoon card. Finally, the uh, National Football League giving us on the West Coast a little bit more to cheer for later in the day. And Connor Allen, sports betting manager for Four Football, is going to be with us as well. We'll get his plays and thoughts on what is going to transpire a little bit later today. Now, we open up with actually some news, and this is pretty interesting. Uh, this is according to one Adam Schefter, and we're minutes away from kickoff, so we'll see if anything changes here but according to one Adam Schefter, the news earlier was that uh, when Nathan Peterman was going to get the start for the Chicago Bears, that Trevor Simeon had injured his oblique in warmups. Well, Adam Schefter from a couple minutes ago has reported that they have upgraded Simeon to a game-time decision and that they are going to decide right before kickoff who is going to start at quarterback for the Chicago Bears. So... We could have Nathan Peterman, we could have Trevor Simeon. Uh, The market at this point right now, and where this number is across the board, uh, we're looking at 7.5 and and or 8, depending on where you like to shop for your numbers. Over at BetMGM, we're looking at 7.5 with a total of 36.5 here. Imagine that there's not a massive difference, I guess, I don't know, between Trevor Simeon and Nathan Peterman at this point, uh, especially an injured Trevor Simeon. But right now, there are seeming to be a little bit of a, a game of musical chairs, we'll say, between uh, Simeon and peterman and who's going to start a quarterback so keep an eye on that and of course once they try it out on the field get an idea who's going to be out there but with that we start as we usually do giving you what the closing numbers are going to be in the national football league we'll start at the top of the rotation work our way down baltimore is going to go off as a, a variation of a three-point favorite, depending on where you shot, but there's an alteration of juice at MGM, three minus 115, with a total of 43 and a half. A little bit of a move off of Baltimore here, which opened up four. The real move is the total, though, which opened up last Sunday at 46 and a half, so a three-point drop to the under there. Denver in Carolina, a lot of picks across the board, but over at BetMGM, it seems that Denver is going to close as a one-point favorite on the road here against the Carolina Panthers, with a total of 36 and a half. Atlanta and Washington, not surprising that we came off the four here for Atlanta. It it did seem that at least Washington's standpoint, while they have been a very good defensive team, Trevor Simeon, or excuse me, uh, They're both the same guy. Taylor Handicke has been playing with fire with the way that he's been playing quarterback, putting the ball in danger in terms of his turnover-worthy play rate and not grading highly as a passer, but still winning games. Uh, They are now 3.5 with a total of 40.5, and and that 3.5, as you can see there, does have some altered juice to it. Cincinnati just kicks off now. They're going off as a one-point favorite with a total of 42.5. That move coming on the uh, heels of the news that Jamar Chase was going to be unavailable for the Cincinnati Bengals here, so they're laying just a point in this rematch of a divisional game last year. Houston and Miami, two full touchdowns for the Dolphins. They lay 14, total of 47.5 over at BetMGM. Chicago and New York, we already went over, so we go to Las Vegas and Seattle, which begins our analysis for the afternoon games a little bit later today. This is, I think, a fascinating game coming up later today between the Raiders and the Seahawks, and this is a 105 p.m. Pacific time kick. And part of the reason why uh, is twofold. The first of which I wanted to start with is the Las Vegas Raiders because uh, very quietly now, Devontae Adams has all of a sudden gotten all the targets that he wants in the world, and uh, the Raiders seem to, and it comes right on the heels of, if you guys remember, they go to New Orleans, uh, they lose, and the only snap that they can get is Jared Stidham crossing the 50-yard line near the end of that game. But listen to some of these numbers for Devontae Adams over the last couple of weeks. Last three games since that loss in New Orleans – 17 targets, 10 receptions. 12 targets, 8 receptions. 11 targets, 7 receptions. This has been a little bit of a change for the Las Vegas Raiders. They are force-feeding Devontae Adams the football. And whether that's an edict from above and Josh McDaniels, whether Derek Carr is all of a sudden feeling comfortable with his old college teammate very late into the season, he also has five touchdowns as a result of the force-feeding over the last three weeks for Adams. So from a prop standpoint... For Devontae Adams, uh, looking at him over his reception prop earlier in the week, it was about six and a half. That seems to be a viable option here. But also for this Raiders team, maybe, just maybe, a team that is starting to wake up offensively against the Seattle Seahawks squad who, as we have seen over the last couple of weeks, when they actually run into some competent defensive or offensive competition, this defense has started to maybe falter just a little bit in terms of the way that it's played uh, opposing offenses, right? We see them against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and Tom Brady, lo and behold, posts his best PFF passing grade of the season over there in Munich. And I do wonder if maybe the luster from this defense, which had played pretty well over a certain stretch of games, you see that you know, win, winning streak for the, excuse me, for the Seahawks, starting in that Cardinals game, actually ending with that other Cardinals victory, where this defense had been performing relatively well. But now that we have a Raiders team who seemingly has figured out their offense just a little bit, at least when it comes to involving their best player, and a defense that might just be sliding, yes, they're coming off of a bye, but also remember that the market has really started to shift its perception on this Seattle Seahawks team, of course, as we're talking about getting up to that four throughout the entire week. I think this is a pretty interesting spot for the Las Vegas Raiders, and it's also an interesting spot because remember the Raiders too, and we brought this up on this show many times, this is a Raiders team that garnered some really odd respect from the betting market in a lot of these road spots. If you remember right, they were a road favorite against the New Orleans Saints. They were a road favorite against the Jacksonville Jaguars. They were a road favorite against the Tennessee Titans. Now going on the road against the Seahawks team that I think you could argue similarly rated and you know, catching well over a field goal here. So I would say that Shockingly enough, maybe it's time to start looking at the Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, The market seems to agree as well taking it off that four. but really the stronger angle here is looking at Devontae Adams over his reception prop. Not so much yards, but he is going to get the targets. Uh, He is going to garner over double-digit targets here in this game, which sounds surprising. You would think that's actually the case, but it hasn't been. But over the last three weeks, that has definitely been the case for the Raiders and Devontae Adams. We move on from there to the Los Angeles Chargers taking on the Arizona Cardinals. Cardinals right now... Catch a two and a half. And if you want to take the two and a half, you're getting like minus 105. If you want to lay the two and a half there over at MGM with the Los Angeles Chargers, you're laying minus 115 with a total of 48 and a half. And there's a couple of interesting angles here. And really, it does seem, Matt and, uh, Brown and I were talking about this on Friday, um that it does seem that this seems to be a little too easy to look at the Los Angeles Chargers in this respect and go, you know what? The Arizona Cardinals, from a secondary standpoint, are consistently rating as the worst team, or one of the worst teams, we'll call it, in the National Football League. EPA, per play-wise, their pass defense, ninth worst in the National Football League. Had, of course, a couple of teams, but one of the teams that we actually just talked about in the Seattle Seahawks. But this has been a pretty poor secondary. And the Chargers, despite the fact that Mike Williams is not going to play and this um, wide receiving core has not been as effective or um, dynamic, really, I think, should be able to take advantage of what the Cardinals are bringing to the table here. And the other part of this is, even with uh, a upgrade at quarterback for the Arizona Cardinals, how much does that change the Arizona Cardinals? Because all Kyler Murray has done up to this point, because his PFF grade, by the way, uh, well into the 60s this season, he's not graded well as a passer at all, is just force-feed the ball to DeAndre Hopkins, and that's about it for the Arizona Cardinals. And they might be getting a little bit healthier at wide receiver. Marquise Brown is set to play today, according to reports. So maybe that helps this uh, a little bit when it comes to the Arizona Cardinals offense. But there's not really been the case for Kyler Murray. And he does add a dynamic with his legs. But I think when you look at this from the Chargers standpoint, Justin Herbert and Keenan Allen, the ability for him to potentially challenge this secondary, uh, the fact that this team at times has been Pretty competitive in certain spots, but again, it's been in different spots, though, right? To be fair, it's been when you're catching five, five and a half against the Kansas City Chiefs, not when you're laying two, two and a half on the road against some opponents. And also from, I know a lot of people like situational handicapping, it does seem that the Cardinals are kind of on the skids, not only from a results standpoint, but from everything happening around the team. You go to Mexico City, you get smoked, you have to fire a coach because of an incident off the field. There's constant conversations around Cliff Kingsbury's future going forward. He and Kyler Murray had to reportedly meet up in the last couple of weeks to hash out everything going wrong with the Arizona Cardinals right now in terms of their offense. Maybe that does help, but everything I would say situationally and even from a matchup standpoint does seem to scream the Los Angeles Chargers, and yet here we are, and we always talk about finding clues in the line. It's not a full three, just sitting at two and a half with some altered juice, which gives you an idea of where the market's at with its respect for this team and where the market's at in terms of wanting to play this number. Uh, as far as the total is concerned, too, as should mention not a real move here, but the total of 48, as high as 49, it's 48 and a half right now over at BetMGM. Uh, it does seem that this would be, of course, total is telling you, somewhat of a higher scoring game, but uh, wouldn't be really surprised by that. A couple of updates really quickly. Uh, it does look like the Cleveland Browns are in the end zone. 10.45 left to go. Anthony Schwartz scores a touchdown, so we got a 6 nothing lead for Cleveland. Extra point coming against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and a third and goal coming up here for the New York Jets. So, uh, the Jets off to a really strong start again against the Chicago Bears. I haven't seen or we getting an update into the uh, quarterback's going to be. This is the first drive for New York. We haven't seen the Bears offense, correct? So uh, we will see who gets that start there. And uh, that's about it at this point right now is a bunch of these games kind of middling a little bit. But the uh, Broncos, I um, think they're about to give up a safety. we got like a second and down their own half-yard line. So uh, we'll see if they can get out of that one. Other afternoon game. I guess we can spend some time on this. Uh, The (laughs) Los Angeles Rams taking on the Kansas City Chiefs. Chiefs up to a 16 point favorite in some spots with a total as low as 42. That MGM number 15 and a half with a total of 42. Now, what's interesting is we have not had official word yet. It seems uh, that Bryce Perkins is going to be the starting quarterback. There was one report I mentioned, or excuse me, I read, that mentioned that maybe Wolford's going to get the start here. All other reports indicate that it's going to be Bryce Perkins. So I would assume that's going to be the case, and I don't really think that there's much of a difference between Wolford and Perkins at this point. I would say from their games, there's a chance that Perkins adds a little bit more in terms of athleticism here for the Rams, and maybe that adds something to this offense, which has been absolutely terrible. But one of the things that I think sticks out about the Rams, and which is why, one, this number's so high, and two, it's hard to have a lot of faith in the Rams even staying within this number, Matthew Stafford, when he's in there, a lot has been out of his control, and of the quarterbacks in the National Football League, PFF rates him as the second lowest in terms of pressures allowed or invited. Uh, in other words, his offensive line has been responsible for almost everything from a pressure standpoint. It's relatively rare. I don't know how anybody with this beat-up offense in an offensive line that gives up pressure at the rate that the Los Angeles Rams do is going to do more than Stafford has been able to do, and it's been very little with this offense so far, and especially with so many uh, missing pieces in this wide receiver room. So maybe we'll have a little bit more on this uh, coming up later in the show. Uh, Maybe some prop standpoint as well to look at here because there was an interesting angle worth discussing uh, for – call from a passing standpoint for the Los Angeles Rams Eric Eager is going to join us next now again VP of Development Consumer Sports so we're going to get his thoughts on what we're going to see a little bit later today and also uh, really get some analysis on what's going to happen in this Sunday night matchup between the Philadelphia Eagles and the Green Bay Packers it would seem from a matchup standpoint Green Bay's got something to work with with its ground game against the front seven that's signing guys off the street to play defensive tackle, uh, but is actually enough to stay within the number. The market seems to think seven was too high. We'll see if six and a half is enough when we come back here on Live Bet Sunday.
2: for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase
0: necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
3: This is live bet Sunday on VSAN, the sports betting network. Welcome back in folks. A reminder for all of you, time to download Nevada's premier sports betting app, BetMGM Sports. BetMGM has all your favorite wagering options, along with in-game betting, boosted odds, specials, and much more. Download the BetMGM app today and stop by any MGM casino on the strip with your state-issued ID to open an account and start placing sports bets from anywhere in Nevada. Whatever your sport, whatever your betting style, you're going to love BetMGM's state-of-the-art technology and fan-friendly specials every day of the week. Visit BetMGM for terms and conditions. got to be 21 or older and physically located in Nevada. Please gamble responsibly. And if you have a gambling problem, call one 800 522 A couple of updates. Uh, So the Chicago Bears uh, playing games here. Nathan Peterman, um, 20 minutes ago, was going to be the starting quarterback. Trevor Simeon, I guess, upgraded, if if you want to call it that, to a game-time decision. He is in. So Trevor Simeon getting the start for the Chicago Bears in their first drive for, uh, in this matchup, I should say, against the New York Jets. They trail 7-0 third and six for Simeon and Chicago. All right, let's bring in Eric Eager, VP Development, Sumer Sports. Nice enough to give us some time here today. Uh, massive difference uh, from a point spread perspective between Nathan Peterman and Trevor Simeon? <laughs>
4: uh, probably not a ton. I mean, we did see it move out about a half a point yep. off of seven, which is more than like a normal half a point. Um, yeah, I think all the people that bet Peterman under, or sorry, Peterman unders, and Simeon unders so I'm rejoicing here a little bit with the idea that Simeon has already played so if you bet an under yep. it's going to cash if he does go under uh and, and this idea that he might not be able to make it through the whole game might be uh you know a uh, a little bit, you know, pretty good pretty good outcome for those bats. I uh, also want to note to our
3: audience uh, that this uh, Jacksonville Jaguars matchup has been delayed due to lightning. So we are waiting for the Ravens and the Jags to kick off that one in a lightning delay uh, at this point right now. Uh, all right, Eric, so I wanted to go to this Raiders game really quickly. I wanted to visit a couple of angles with you, first of which is uh, one of the things that we noticed over the last couple of weeks here for Las Vegas, 40 targets for Devontae Adams over the last three games compared to 63 in the first seven matchups. When you see a, a clear change like that, right, where it seems like they're force-feeding Devontae Adams, and it has helped, actually. He's got five touchdowns over the last three games. They seem to be a little bit more effective offensively. Is that enough of a tangible change for you to maybe look a little bit more at the Raiders against the Seattle Seahawks later today?
4: I think so. I mean, they're you know, the Seattle does a lot of, like, the the, you know, basically the odd coverages, so the ones and threes, and, like, you know, Tarek Woolen has had a good season, uh, so you know he could possibly shut him down. But I think Adams is just such a hard cover for almost every single you know cornerback in the in the you know NFL that it does make me like a little bit uh, this Vegas team plus plus the points plus Adams you know props, which have caught up a little bit. But I I also think that like sports books are not just just not going to hang like an eight and a half. Um, you know, uh, reception prop over for a player all that often. So you can get something like seven and a half at a plus price at a lot of different sports books right now.
3: The the other side of this is, um, I'd say four out of the last five games for Geno Smith, he's been nowhere near as effective, right, as a passer that's kind of changed and i always like keep track of the market and where these teams are rated and you have two teams i think i mean you can speak to this a little bit more that are kind of shifted in terms of their um in terms of the way they're viewed right so for example the raiders go off as road favorites in like three games it was the tennessee matchup new orleans and jacksonville uh seattle has been consistently kind of uh, off the market's radar until the last 5 weeks or so but now we see the shift right now it's over 3 it was 4 earlier in the week I feel like the Raiders are a little bit live here, not only because of the change in Adams, but the way that Geno Smith has been playing a little more lackluster football lately. And I think defensively, the metrics for Seattle might be a little inflated due to some of the opponents. Am I reading this correctly or incorrectly?
4: Yeah, I think so. I think the Raiders were always maybe a little bit overvalued at the very beginning of the season just because, you know, they had a win total of eight and a half. And, and you know, they had put a lot into the guys like Chandler Jones and Devonte Adams and obviously Derek Carr and, and Josh Jacobs. And, and, you know, they they lost a lot of close games and they had that big loss in New Orleans, which I think a lot of people said, you know, was a fundamental problem for them um, that that sort of shifted a lot of people's narratives. I think, you know, Seattle winning some games that they should have won, you know, early um, as well as, you know, you know, fighting hard against Tampa Bay on a on a. You know, uh, neutral site in, in, on national television. Also, Geno Smith coming back from behind. Didn't have a great overall game, but had a good second half of that game. I think is inflating their market
3: price. All right, uh, touchdown, by the way. Godwin into the end zone for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. There's a flag on the play, so we'll see if that uh, does come off. But it does look like this is going to be a 7-6 to six score in favor of the Cleveland Browns with the extra point coming up. All right, let's shift gears to the Sunday night matchup. Uh, Green Bay on the road against Philadelphia. Uh, market set. Ah, 7's a little strong. Came off that 7. It's 6.5 pretty much everywhere here. Total of 46. So I'll ask you this first. Clearly Aaron Rodgers has been playing with this thumb injury now for a while. The report comes out. Usually the market kind of reacts to that stuff. That has not been the case. But I think the matchup, of course, is Green Bay's ability potentially to run the ball against this front seven of Philadelphia. What have you seen from Philly's you know, new makeshift front here uh, that maybe would think that this matchup is going to go one way or the other in terms of their defensive front against this Green Bay rushing attack?
4: Yeah, for sure. I mean, they went out and got Limbell Joseph. They went out and got Ndamukong Suh. Su wearing, like, number 74 has, like, Dennis Rodman, Mavericks vibes to it. <laughs> yeah. But, like, um, you know, they, they were a little bit better last week. Uh, you know, only gave up, the, I think, the 16 points uh, against the Colts. So that was helpful. Um, the the bet that I like, you know, if you want to look at the prop market in this game, because of what you're hearing about Rodgers, I mean, he has a passing attempts prop at 34 and a half. Like, I think that there are a lot of different outs where he goes under here they if they control the game and play the way that they want to or they wanted to over the past month like he's going to go under that easily if they get behind like they've still showed against buffalo and they still showed uh at times in, in the other games that they'll still try to run the ball the entire time so 34 and a half does just feel like a really high total for me uh on rogers uh p- attempts um especially because there is an a- an out where it works for them and they, and they and they can they can have you know they can shorten the game against against this Eagles team because of what you said linebacker position is a little weak and then on defensive front they really miss Jordan Davis
3: so clearly the Eagles are, are are a team that is taking advantage of a pretty soft schedule we saw them right they had the easiest strength schedule coming into the year adjusted for uh, projected win totals but they haven't been covering numbers so is this a case of the market just kind of overvaluing this Philly team because they're only 5 and 5 ATS to cite having 9 wins on the season through 10 games
4: Yeah, I think so. I think that, yeah, in the NFL, it's just really hard to to win by margin, right? And we've seen, you know, in the even they cover this game, it was like the Dallas game. They get out from, you know, they get out ahead. uh, Cooper Rush brings them back, almost covers the game. Like I just think in the second half, now the last two weeks or the first two weeks all season that they trailed in the second half of a game. Um, But they have like had significant games where they just didn't put up much. In the Vikings game in week two, they didn't put up any points in the second half. The the following week against Washington in Washington, they didn't put up any points in the second half. And even the game that they lost to Washington was another game where their offense kind of sputtered. And so if you're a team that's as power-rated as highly as Philly, which I think most people at least have them in the top five, um, you're going to be laying you know, significant spreads here. And it's just really hard to lay a significant spread if you're giving up more points in the second half than you're scoring.
3: You You watch a lot of the film and break these teams down. The second half stuff with Philly, is that like a schematic thing or teams adjusting, or is that just kind of a coincidence over a short 10-game sample size?
4: I think it's, it's a short 10 games. I think that the other thing is, is like the Eagles are just really committed to running the ball. I think that they don't want to show a lot of Jalen Hurts' passing game because it's so limited. So I think that in the second half of games, they just basically run the football out, which... Um, you know, I think that they have a, a reputation of being really effective there. And I think they're explosive there. But I don't think that they actually, you know, do a really good job fundamentally of running the ball as well relative to ha- the the volume in which they use it. And I think in the second half, that kind of shows. And you even saw it in the Washington game. You even saw it in the Colts game, that that drive where they scored the game-winning touchdown. Um, you know, Jalen Hurts didn't complete a pass on that drive.
3: All right, let's go to Arizona and Los Angeles. Uh, so it looks like we're going to get Kyler Murray back on the field here for the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, he has not really played that well, though. Year old stomping grounds PFF, PFF passing grade at 62.8 on the season. Uh, turnover with the play rate you know, kind of high for him, 30.7%. Uh, what are we doing here? Like, How much of an upgrade is Kyler Murray over what we've seen at the quarterback position last couple of games for the Arizona Cardinals?
4: It's significant. I mean, I think Colt McCoy is one of the better backups in football, but you saw on Monday night his limitations yep. – uh you know are are relative to the the other players on the team um you know this is an interesting spread though like i i think it opened around four it's getting bet down i know the chargers are banged up but i think at this point you probably do have to get involved with the chargers at least against the spread or the money line here now that it's uh, under a field goal the the difference in quarterback play is so substantial in this game from herbert down to murray um that that even with injuries to mike williams and so on and so forth i still think the chargers are able to pull this one off i Yeah, Murray Murray and Kingsbury have never been more out of sync than they are right now. Yep.
3: Well, they had a meeting, reportedly, over the last couple weeks. I don't know how much that uh, upgrades uh, it for you, but since they met with each other, maybe this will help. All right, really quickly, last 90 seconds. uh, Last week, averaged up the target for Justin Herbert at 9.1 yards downfield. Are we actually going to see him push this ball downfield against the secondary?
4: I mean, you you have to hope so. There's not a lot of great talent on that defense, so... Um, we have seen a little bit more, uh, you know, mostly against the Chiefs. And I think Herb, the Chiefs bring out the best in Herbert, unfortunately, because he can't win against them uh, that that easily. But uh, it, it's games like these. And this is what, you know, long-worn Chargers fans will tell you. It's games like these that they lose. So you, you, I do believe that, you know, th- th- they have to continue to push like they're playing the Chiefs every week. Um, and they do like they're five and five right now. They need to get some wins here to, to to get in the playoffs in a tough AFC.
3: Eric Eager again, VP Development, Sumer Sports. Eric, it's good to talk to you. Thank you very much for the time. Appreciate it.
4: Yeah, thanks for having me. Take care. Enjoy the games. Yep, you got it at Eric
3: Eager underscore up on Twitter. All right, we'll give you our uh, scoreboard updates. It does look like we're about to. Wow, the sky is like super clear in Jacksonville. And yet they were in a lightning delay. So uh, we are about to get started, it seems, between Jacksonville uh, and Baltimore. Baltimore, of course, going off as about a three-point favorite in that game. And uh, we'll give you some scoreboard updates, including – uh, a high-scoring affair, dare we say, between the Jets and the Bears. We got 10 points already early in the first quarter for a total that's closed in the range of about 37. All right, we'll go around the NFL scoreboard. We'll take a look at the games we haven't gotten to yet. That includes the New Orleans Saints on the road against the San Francisco 49ers team that the market really respects and that seems to be peaking maybe at the right time in a chase for a Super Bowl. That's coming back here on my Bet Sun. and the sports betting network welcome in visa cyber monday deal is on now folks sign up today become a visa pro subscriber you're going to get a daily recap of the top plays made by Vison show hosts and guests tools like our betting splits let you see where the money and bets are moving every game over at DraftKings, and then date day, uh, day uh, deep dive i can do it there's a lot of d's there deep dive daily betting reports plus our upcoming college bowl and super bowl betting guides VCN Pro Annual Subscribers get a $30 credit to the VCN Store if they sign up now, so check it out. VCN Store is a great place to shop for VEASAN sports betting hats, shirts, mugs, and other great gear. Hurry, limited time offer for Cyber Monday. Sign up now for the perfect sports betting holiday gift at VEASAN.com slash subscribe. A, a quick scoreboard update in the National Football League. Uh, we are underway, by the way, between Jacksonville and Baltimore. For those who did not know, uh, we did have a small lightning delay in that matchup between those two, although the skies are clear now and everything looks wonderful. Uh, but looking around the scoreboard, first of which, Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Cleveland Browns. We are in a 7-7 tie. Bucks are about to get the ball back with about three minutes left to go in the first or two-and-a-half-point favorite in-game with a total of 50-and-a-half. Uh, half. Keep that in your mind uh, for a moment. We'll get to that in a moment. Cincinnati Bengals, Tennessee Titans scoreless. That total in game down to 2 two and a half, or excuse me, 35 and a half. The two and a half that I was going to mention is the spread in favor of the Tennessee Titans. Houston Texans and Dolphins are up uh, right now 10-0 in favor of Miami. In-game spread 20 and a half in favor of the Dolphins with a total of 47.5. And, and Bears and Jets, six and a half the spread in favor of New York. Total 40 and a half. So a little bit higher than the closing number there. And the Panthers up 7-0 over the Broncos, and the Commanders up 7-3 over Atlanta. That one at least up on the board right now, Commanders 7.5 with a total of 42.5. All right, let's welcome in our next guest, Connor Allen, sports betting manager, 4 for 4 football. I said to file away the uh, Buccaneers and Browns live line. Well, Browns did just tack on a field goal, so this 51-yard attempt is good. It is a 10-7 lead. With that, uh, Connor... Uh, What do you make of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers here in this matchup? I bet their team total over in this game, thinking that they're showing a little bit of improvement offensively, and I think they can do that here against Cleveland. Uh, But from an in-game standpoint, as this number right now is 2.5 with
5: a total of 51.5 of them trailing? Is there something to attack here in your mind? Yeah, I like the two and a half here with the, with the Bucks. I mean, they showed it right on their first drive, too. Like, just cruised down the field via the running game. Rashad White with a you know, massive gain there. Just such a big advantage in the running game for them against the Browns, uh, one of the worst rushing teams in the NFL. And Rashad White's been playing really well. So I, I like them to win here by three or more. Uh, how about the Bucks stumbling into playing the better running back? I've been
3: amazed watching them uh, <laughs> Right, like uh, they were forced to play 100%. Rashad White against Munich, in Munich against the Seahawks. And here again, he shows the explosiveness. And you look at some of the metrics like there are running backs who just can't get a lot with their run blocking. That's not for net. He just kind of picks a hole and tries to force his way through it. Rashad White can at least uh, maximize the run blocking that he gets. And you already saw, as you mentioned, the explosiveness here. Like that changes a lot for their offense.
5: Oh, yeah, it's massive for them. And, I mean, Leonard Fernandes has been super inefficient after showing up, you know, 40 pounds overweight, losing weight, and then just not playing well, uh, you know, throughout the early parts of the season. But Rashad White is just in such a great spot here to keep crushing. I think he probably cruises over 100 yards today, to be honest.
3: All right, I want to get your thoughts a game that we haven't touched uh, on yet here in this show. San Francisco uh, playing host to the New Orleans Saints. They're a nine-point favorite now, as high as that, with a total of 43.5. Bet MGM number right now for San Francisco is 8.5, shaded to the favorite side at minus 115. And there's actually a couple of 9.5s popping up on the screen all around the world. So I'll ask you this. Uh, We'll we'll phrase it from the perspective of the underdog. Is there a case to be made at all for the Saints to stay inside of a number like 9 and maybe even 9.5?
5: I really struggle to, to think so, just with how multiple and how explosive the Niners' offense has been lately since the addition of Christian McCaffrey. You know, Debo's expected to play. Kittle's been playing really well. Uh, you know, Ayuk's been there. It's just like the offense has been so great. While on the other hand, the Saints' uh, defense, I think, you know, has played a little bit better lately in terms of shutting out the Raiders, but that's the Raiders. Outside of that, they've really not been playing well. And so I think that this spot here is like an easy spot for Niners, but of 30-plus, and I'm just not sure that. Saints are able to hang all right let's go to some
3: of the angles that I know that you do have an opinion on Uh, we'll go Seattle and Las Vegas first Uh, I was kind of making the case for the Raiders especially now with uh, for some reason they have realized that Devontae Adams is a really good receiver and he's got 40 targets over the last three games Uh, but you don't think that that's really enough here for this uh, Raiders team to stay inside the number no
5: yeah, no, I still like Seattle here. Just a defense that after the first few weeks has played really poorly and then has played awesome since then. Like, you know, top three in, in DVO and EPA uh, since then. And the Raiders largely been disappointing outside of an overtime win against, uh, you know, the Broncos. Lost the Colts, Jags, Saints. Uh, whereas Seattle, uh, coming off of a loss against Tampa Bay, has, you know, won four straight prior to that. And I think it's just kind of finally coming together as a unit here. Uh, and not to mention the Raiders defense has really been been struggling. I think it's like second to last and pass DVOA, 22nd run DVOA. so I think it's a good matchup here for Seattle no nope, makes sense all right let's go to the big spread uh Bryce Perkins and the Los Angeles
3: Rams taking on the Kansas City Chiefs now we have a bets giving contest here at vsin and I have to make up some ground so I have a bet on the Rams money line at plus 750. uh how close am I going to come to getting that thing done
5: oh wow uh yeah <laughs> I I like laying the points here with Kansas City I just I mean, Bryce Perkins, undrafted free agent out of UVA. Uh, like, if we look, go back and look what they did last week, maybe it was just because he came in mid-game. But, I mean, they're running the ball on third and eight, third and nines. You know, they're they're rolling him out just trying to get screens as much involved as possible, running a ton of zone reads. I'm just not sure that that kind of stuff will work against the Chiefs with a guy like Bryce Perkins who is athletic. But, uh, you know, I'm not really sure that he's able to, you know, do everything, you know, via Justin Fields or Lamar Jackson with his legs here. And obviously the Rams defense is decimated, so you know I really like Kansas City score 30 plus again, and I'm I'm not really sure if Bryce Perkins and the Rams can hang. All right, let's go to some props uh, that you've got up on the board as
3: well for some of these afternoon games. Uh, first off, no Mike Williams for the Los Angeles Chargers. Does that open up things for Keenan Allen?
5: Yeah, I love his over. Uh, you know, had 94 yards and eight targets last week, despite only playing 68% of the snaps, being eased in. Now, amazing matchup here against the Cardinals team that's gotten shredded in the slot. No Mike Williams. Should see, I mean, double-digit targets here in a great spot. And what about the
3: Cardinals' perspective? Kyler Murray's coming back. Uh, he's played pretty poorly. His passing grade from a PFF standpoint's been pretty bad. Uh, he, You would think he adds something with his athleticism, but you're going to go under with his rushing yards, Correct.
5: Yeah, returning from a hamstring injury, it was serious enough to you know sideline him for multiple weeks. I think that could hamper his rushing ability. But even if it doesn't, you know, playing against a Chargers team that's been pretty good against defending mobile quarterbacks this year, uh, allowed only 112 total rushing yards in the season, which is fourth best in the NFL, including uh, you know only 24 yards to Marcus Mariota. Uh, but under this number, to Patrick Mahomes both times, 23 yards to Russell Wilson, and it's only seven yards to Geno Smith. So I think that in this spot here, if his rushing ability is hampered at all, It's a great look on the under. Did you have anything like an opinion
3: uh, on that game overall, Chargers-Cardinals?
5: I think it's going to be fun. I think they're going to go back and forth, uh, we'll lean towards towards an overlook here. But, uh, yeah, nothing concrete in terms of sides. All right. All right let's go to uh, later tonight. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, of course,
3: being reported, as we know, he's been dealing with a thumb issue. Sounds like it's a little bit more serious here uh, with the actual details on that injury. And I also think, because you're going to play under the passing yards, uh, I think that there is something to be said for the injury, but I also think it's kind of the matchup. I would assume the Green Bay Packers want to come in and run this ball uh, like they did a couple of weeks back against Dallas, no?
5: Right. There's volume concerns and efficiency concerns, which I think is one of my favorite ways to play, you know, these types of unders here. And the Eagles actually have held every quarterback under their passing prop this season and nine of 10 number uh, nine of 10 quarterbacks under the specific number. Uh, So as you mentioned, Eagles top three in pass EVOA fifth in explosive pass rate allowed. Uh, Not to mention, I expect the, the Packers to have a ton of success running the ball and kind of stick to that kind of like what we saw against with them against Buffalo, where they still lost, but like focused on the running game, had success and really limited Rodgers until like the last, I don't know, quarter where they threw the ball like 40 times in a row. And even then, like, he still didn't get uh, – he barely got over 200 yards.
3: Yep. Uh, from the Eagles' standpoint as well, Miles Sanders, uh, last couple of weeks, uh, hasn't been as explosive. I think it's been about 101 yards total over the last two games. It's Indianapolis and Washington. But uh, a little bit more of a successful night tonight, you think?
5: Yeah. It's like, if we look at when he struggled, it's been against teams like Washington and Indianapolis who are yep. really good in run defense, like top five, run D-DBOA. Now it draws a Packers team, 29th in that same metric. Eagles seven-point favorites, and I think that they've struggled offensively to the point where they're probably going to get back to their roots a little bit and run the ball a little bit and just try and uh, kind of expose the Packers on the ground there. So I like Miles Sanders to go well over his prop of 66.5 rushing yards. Same question here. at
3: 6.5 in terms of the side. Did you have anything side or total opinion-wise here between Packers and uh, Eagles?
5: Yeah, I leaned Eagles. I, I, I think that the, this recent stumble will be something that they'll overcome in this matchup. You know, being able to rely on the run game and then get their passing game going, I think, is a pretty big edge offensively.
3: Connor Allen, NFL, is the Twitter handle. Connor, of course, sports betting manager for Four Football. Connor, up against it, but thank you very much for the time today, sir. We really appreciate it.
5: Yeah, I appreciate you guys having me on. Yeah, you got it, man. All
3: right, uh, look at the scoreboard here in the NFL. We'll update what's happening. So the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they had a fourth and two, decided to kick it away. Uh, and so... Cleveland has taken back over. they got a second down now. They lead 10-7 with about a minute left to go in the first quarter. Uh, That number, if you want to follow along with uh, Connor, by the way, on the in-game play, uh, that number's down to 1.5 in favor of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the total at 50.5. As the Bengals and the Titans continue in this thrilling affair to kind of exchange empty drives, we have seen this in-game total drop now to as low as 33 And as we mentioned briefly, the Titans are the favorite in-game right now of 2.5, heavily shaded to the favorite side at minus 120 if you want to go in that direction. And that is a uh, missed opportunity there for the Titans. A pretty bad throw by Tannehill that would have set them up uh, deep inside the red zone of the Cincinnati Bengals. And uh, the Chicago Bears... They have added a touchdown onto their score, so they were down 7 3. It is now 10 7 in favor of Chicago. 3.5 is the spread in favor of the New York Jets, with a total of 46.5. And, uh, of course, as we all expected, 17 points in the first quarter of play between the Chicago Bears and the New York Jets. Washington Commanders and Atlanta Falcons still sitting at 7-3. Commanders, 4.5-point favorite with a total of 40.5. And And the scores remain the same in uh, every single matchup that's on the field right now. We're waiting to see what our first score is going to be in Baltimore and Jacksonville. Again, to update that, uh, we were waiting for this game to get started. A little bit of a, a lightning delay between those two. All right, with that, we'll take our look and see a couple of prop angles a little, a little a couple more to get to in some of these afternoon games as well give you our thoughts as well on a new orleans and san francisco a 49ers team that the market really does respect quite a bit uh, they did deliver in mexico city but from a season long standpoint have not delivered despite the rating they have we'll have details on that when we come back
1: I will call upon
0: you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChumbaCasino.com. Welcome to the family.
2: VGW Group. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.
0: This is
3: live bet Sunday on VSAN the sports betting network. Turn a loss into a win with BetMGM. Place a one-game parlay wager with at least four legs on any pro football game. If all legs of the parlay hit but one, get your stake back in free bets up to $25. Log into your account, download the app, sign up with BetMGM to take advantage of this offer all season long. Just opt into the one-game parlay insurance promotion, then place a one-game parlay wager with four legs or more on any pro football game. If you miss only one leg in your wager, you'll receive up to $25 back in free bets. Visit betmgm.com for terms and conditions. 21 years of age or older to wager. New and existing customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. And if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Mississippi, Nevada, or New York. Really quickly, before we get to uh, the NFL scoreboard and the look at the uh, one of the games that we haven't touched on in detail yet, let's go to our pro tip. Uh, A little bit of a prop wager later today. Raiders, they're force-feeding the ball to Devontae Adams. 40 targets over his last three games. He had 63 in the first seven. Um, I would consider betting over his, I would specifically say his receptions prop, uh, not so much his yardage, but consider his player props over for this matchup against the Seattle Seahawks. Not only is there a tangible change in what the Raiders are doing from a game plan standpoint with Devontae Adams, uh, but also, they get to take on a secondary that still rates among the bottom of the league in the NFL, and uh, with a guy who has scored five touchdowns the last three weeks on the uh, on or over the course of forty targets, it does seem that Adams is getting a little bit more comfortable in this offense. And with the season lost, it seems that the edict has come with, uh, you know what? Let's just get this guy involved and see what happens. Especially because we've been pretty short-handed as of late. We'll see if that actually comes to fruition. But as we talked about with Eric Yeager as well, the markets adjusted a little bit, uh, but not a ton with a reception prop of only six and a half for Devontae Adams, a guy who is garnering more than double digit receptions. Something worth looking at here for Adams in this matchup with the Seattle Seahawks. Some other things to note here in the national football league, before we get to the, uh, the matchup of detail between San Francisco and new Orleans, Uh, some, Updates from a scoring standpoint, not many, uh, but still worth noting that we do finally have a number on the scoreboard for Tennessee and Cincinnati Titans. Through the uprights, they have a three-nothing lead over the Cincinnati Bengals. This number right now, Titans minus two and a half, shaded to that side at minus 125 over at Gym with an in-game total of 35 and a half. The Cleveland Browns maintaining possession of the ball here; they're still on their side of the field but it is a 10-7 lead for Cleveland. Uh, That number right now, from an in-game standpoint, officially Brown's favored, One and a half, with a total of about 50 or 51. So on this first down, we'll see what Cleveland can do, and on this drive, because I would say that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have been getting better offensively. Still a question about whether or not they're covering numbers as a uh, potentially overvalued squad, but still, uh, this has the potential to be a higher-scoring affair. We do have 17 points early in that matchup. Also, the Atlanta Falcons have found the end zone. They lead 10-7 over the Washington Commanders. In-game right now, Commanders still favored 2.5 with a total of 44.5. They were about to get the ball back as Atlanta kicks it away as I speak. So we'll see if the Commanders can respond here. But one of the worries for me in this matchup uh, for Heineke and the Commanders uh, was the fact that Heineke had not been playing very well. Uh, highest passing grade, uh, grade from a PFF standpoint this season was just over 70 a couple of weeks back against Philadelphia, consistently grading out in the mid-50s to low-60s as a passer, also somewhat consistent with his turnover-worthy play rate. Um, that works a little bit when you're trying to, I guess, in tight games when you're holding on to leads or something, but uh, I feel like uh, that would not be something that warrants – support especially as a four-point uh, favorite and sure enough the Atlanta Falcons are off to a pretty good start there and we do have scores in Carolina and Denver it is a 7-3 game now Carolina leads over the Denver Broncos 10 minutes left to go in the second quarter three and a half point spread with a total of 36 and a half and the Ravens did kick a field goal while we were in break so they lead in this matchup 3 nothing. we have seven minutes left to go in the first quarter here uh, right now from an in-game standpoint the Baltimore Ravens I got this number off the board we'll have an update for you momentarily as Lawrence and the Jacksonville Jags are at midfield, and it does seem that Trevor Lawrence was uh, snuffed short of a QB sneak at midfield just now as they went for it on, I believe, which was a fourth down. we get you an official ruling here momentarily. With that, let's take a look very quickly uh, at our later game that we haven't really hit on, and that would be San Francisco uh, and New Orleans. Right now, nine across the board with a total of 43.5. If you are so inclined and you still want to get involved here, you can lay eight and a half at minus 115, over at BetMGM, that total right now at 43.5. And And just wanted to expand for a moment on what I'm talking about in terms of the 49ers. I mentioned, right, not delivering, despite the market's respect for this team. Really, it just comes from a spread standpoint. San Francisco uh, is rated among some of the best teams in the National Football League. Uh, But that rating, despite the fact that a lot of teams and a lot of bettors believe in this, and I think you can kind of chalk it up to uh, almost like a Kyle Shanahan tax, uh, the market respects San Francisco but they really respect what Shanahan has done with this team from an offensive standpoint. But right now, this is a team that is barely above 500 when it comes to their ATS record. Actually, no, I think they're actually just 500, five and five against the spread San Francisco is at this point right now, but they're laying pretty big numbers in a lot of these spots. You know, they laid eight against the Los Angeles chargers in that matchup on Sunday night. Needed to come back in that game and get it. Closed 9.5 in Mexico against Arizona. And yes, they covered that number 38-10. to 10, But it kind of gives you a theme here of, well, this team is 1-3 straight. <clears throat> They're starting to get a little bit healthier. And this offense is starting to work out all the kinks with some new personnel and guys coming back from injury. Uh, this has been a team that I think has just been just a tad overrated by a power rating standpoint in the betting market. And that doesn't really mean that you want to rush out to bet against them every single week, especially when you take on teams like the New Orleans Saints a Saints team that is kind of struggling on offense that has really kind of looked around and thought, you know, from a quarterback perspective, what are we going to do here? And there's thoughts that, hey, look, Andy Dalton was going to lose his job and right now hasn't really been the case. And it seems that they're going to continue to roll with him. And it's funny because they're reported before the Ford Air excuse me, the Saints to be mulling over this quarterback change just last week. And he's looked relatively decent so far. It's funny. Like when you look at his PFF numbers, Andy Dalton, Passing grade of 82.6. That would blow away numbers of some of these quarterbacks, including, by the way, the guy that he is starting against in Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, And we know that the San Francisco 49ers, from an offensive standpoint, rely on the running game. But Jimmy Garoppolo uh, rated at a 68.9 PFF passing grade. But I feel like if you were to do a a straw poll real quick, a lot of people would say Jimmy G is the better quarterback. I guess from a winning standpoint, because winning matters. Uh, That is the case. But from a a statistic standpoint, a lot of like across the board, Andy Dalton's graded out pretty well here. But I think overall what this comes down to for San Francisco is just I personally would not be comfortable rushing in to lay some of these numbers. This number on San Francisco on a consistent week I think is going to be so high because the market respects them so much, and they deserve respect as a team who is maybe among the contenders in the NFC. But it's gotten to the point where they're a little bit of a public team. The market rates them highly as well. And you're not getting many much value, especially if you're jumping into the pool this late. When you're talking about laying nine, maybe even eight and a half at minus 115 as a better at this point right now. But I do want to point out one interesting thing that has popped up if you've looked at them over the last couple of weeks. And it's from a um, a player prop standpoint. So Elijah Mitchell... Uh, comes back for the San Francisco 49ers, right? We have seen him now last couple of weeks. So I want to double check and see if my numbers correctly. Uh, so comes back week 10 against the Los Angeles Chargers. He's on the field for 19 snaps, runs the ball 18 times for 89 yards. Arizona Cardinals game is on the field for an 11 snaps from a rushing standpoint, I should say, uh, runs the ball nine times for 59 yards. I wanted to bring this up because it does seem that you are starting to see a little bit of a line in terms of the roles for some of these guys. Uh, from a rushing and receiving standpoint, and you wonder how much that cuts into a guy like Christian McCaffrey's workload. Like Christian McCaffrey, for example, he does have 27 rush attempts over the last two games. Uh, but like when you're talking about it for the standpoint, no, excuse me, I was looking at the wrong numbers there. He's got 21 over the last two games. But Christian McCaffrey, prop standpoint, his numbers are pretty inflated because he's Christian McCaffrey in the San Francisco 49ers offense. And this just specifically from a attempt standpoint on the ground for Christian McCaffrey or a rushing yard standpoint for Christian McCaffrey but he's been more of a pass catcher for San Francisco through these uh, two games since Mitchell has come back. And I would just consider that when you're looking at some of these props for McCaffrey. I think obviously the easy thing to do is look at McCaffrey and go, oh, we're going to bet him over. Uh, bet him over a yard, you know receiving yards and rushing yards, things like that, but he has not been the guy who has gotten a brunt of the load in terms of the rushing game since Mitchell's come back, and it hasn't been a big difference, but still, Mitchell has been the guy on the ground that has been a little bit more consistent in terms of the attempts, and uh, McCaffrey has been used much more out of the backfield as a receiver, and you see that in some of those numbers too, by the way, the last couple of weeks since he's come back, uh, still 11 total receptions for McCaffrey, 39 yards in Week 10, but then 67 last week. Just something to monitor here from a prop standpoint for both of those guys as Mitchell has really cut into the rushing attempts uh, for Christian McCaffrey since he's returned from injury. All right, with that, we'll give you one last scoreboard update before we get to our college football hour. It hasn't really changed a whole bunch here. Uh, An interesting development as we watch the Tampa Bay Buccaneers back onto the field. Uh, They do have a third and one right now. Again, they trail 10-7 in-game, flashed as an underdog. Uh, But right now a third and one deep into their own territory, trying to convert and maybe uh, add on to this score that they have looked explosive in the first drive, uh, but has really kind of slowed down a little bit. And this would be a pretty big one if they cannot get it done and give it back to Cleveland. Uh, Other than that, Bengals have uh, tied this score three, three right now. Titans still an in-game favorite of one and a half total at 36 and a half with a three, three tie between those two, the Dolphins, have added their lead over the Houston Texans. They are now a 26, I'll strike that, 27.5-point favorite with a total of 50.5 as they lead 17-0 over Houston. And uh, Carolina attacks on a field goal now 10-3, 4.5-point favorite in-game with a total of 35.5. All right, when we come back, we shift gears. College football lines revealed. Championship games are set in college football. We already got lines up on all of those. Circa's numbers are about to post as well. So I'll give you an update on what we're going to see next week as these conference champions will be decided a week from now and a little bit less than that. We've got a game on Friday. It's coming back here on v the Esports Buddy Network.